Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. We invite you to get your Bible and something to make notes with and come right on into the classroom. We saved you a seat up close to the front. And let's release faith that we will hear from him today exactly what he wants to say to us. Father, in Jesus' name, all of us agree as touching this, asking for your anointing, asking for the ministry of your spirit. Uh, we seek to know you, to learn your ways and your will, to know and, and be able to find and fulfill your plan for our lives. And we want to please you. And you said faith pleases you. So we want to know how to please you. We ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Go with me, please, to the book of Hebrews 10, and let's continue in our study that we're calling By Faith. Hebrews 10.35 says, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, another word for faith, because it has great recompense of reward. It pays, and it pays big to trust God and walk and live by faith. Verse 38, he had said the just shall live by faith. And so that's what we're endeavoring to do. Uh, if you're going to live by something, you need to find out what it is and how it works. And so in Hebrews 11.1, 1, he starts with the definition of faith. Now faith is. But he didn't stop just with the definition. He gives living examples of people, very real people just like us, Abel and Enoch and Noah and Abraham and Sarah and Joseph and on and on. And down in, what's it, verse 32, he, uh, he gives us six at one time. And so uh, uh, we've been looking at the last one here, Samuel. And I want us to continue that today, going back to 1 Samuel, the uh, third chapter. And we've been... Um, Delving into, allowing it to get into us, what kind of faith Samuel had and what he had faith for. Now you will find with all these individuals that they are not identical in how they walked in faith and what they, what they had faith for and what they had faith to do. And... Uh, all of us are, are different individuals and our circumstances are, are unique in many ways. And so uh, we have different graces in areas of life. So your faith, if you'll develop it, will be stronger in one area than another because that's part of what God's called you to do. It's something you need to develop faith in. And so one reason he gives us all these different individuals is, be, is so that we get a different picture of faith. It's, it's like a diamond with many facets and many sides to it. 
And so what do we see about the beauty and glory and power of faith in God in Samuel's life? Well, you keep seeing it in connection with hearing, hearing God, hearing from God, and then God hearing you again and your words. And so it has to do with faith in the area of hearing. And now we're getting into speaking. Uh, Samuel's mother and himself had faith that God would hear. And as a boy, in the beginning of the third chapter here, uh, Samuel learned how to hear from God. He learned to recognize and respond to the voice of God and the communication of God. And as he grew up and become a man down towards the end of the chapter here, it said in the uh, 19th verse that Samuel grew and the Lord was with him. God did let none of his words fall to the ground. Let me read these other translations that we saw yesterday. The NAS said, Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fail. God's word translation says he didn't let any of his words go unfulfilled. It went on to say in verse 20 that all Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, that's kind of like in the U.S. saying from New York to California. I mean, the, the, the whole country knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. Well, I guess so. Everything you say comes to pass. Is that right? I mean, if you didn't see that, you'd be kind of slow. <laughs> Uh, and the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. You know, he didn't have to, uh, of course they didn't have them back then, but he didn't have to uh, buy billboards and uh, advertise himself as a prophet. He didn't have to demand that people refer to him as the prophet. Uh, what did the scripture say? Everybody knew. Come on, can you see that? Everybody knew. Not just in the localized area. From one side of the country to the other, everybody knew. Samuel, I mean, even people that, you know, that didn't go to temple. Even people that didn't go to church. You know what I'm saying? They're talking about it. Somebody said, I tell you what, that Samuel's a man of God. And people that everybody considered unspiritual would go, yeah, you got that right. I mean, he's got to be. He's a prophet of God. Everybody Knew it. You know, you only need to label fruit trees that have no fruit. <laughs> the only fruit trees that need labels are the ones that have no fruit on them. Because when the fruit's there, there's big old peaches hanging off the tree. Do you really need a sign? <laughs> this, this is a peach tree. And so... Ministries are not entitled. You don't be concerned about titles. Don't be concerned about hanging a title over yourself. Uh, and, and certainly don't require people to uh, use titles for you when it comes to ministry gifts and these kind of things. Especially when you're young in ministry, a lot of times it's not clear to you yet what your call is. Just get busy doing what you can for God, right? And as you obey him and as you develop, what will happen? Some fruit will come out, right? And we can tell by the fruit what kind of tree you are, right? 
And even then, you don't need a sign. Can you see that? Why why do I say that? People are big on titles, aren't they? Big on titles. And that has to do with, you know, pride and that kind of thing. So just don't, don't do that. But the big thing is his words. None of them uh, were without effect. No, none of them were unfulfilled. None of them failed. This is an amazing thing to read and say. We read in James on ending our, our session yesterday that... Um, the scripture said, if anybody, in James 3, 2, if anyone is never at fault in what he says, the same is a perfect man and able to keep his whole body in check. Now, if you read the rest of that, uh, those few verses there in the beginning of chapter 3, he compares it to a rudder on a ship. He compares it to a bit and bridle for a horse. Today, we probably call it a steering wheel, like a steering wheel in a car. What? Your words. If you control your words, you control your life. Most people don't believe this. Most church-going people do not believe this. Why would you say that, Brother Keith? You can tell by the way they talk. Hmm? Ask yourself this big question. What if everything you said <laughs> came to pass? Huh? Huh? A lot of folks wouldn't be here. Because <laughs> they'd say, oh, that scared me to death. Boom. <laughs> you see what I'm talking about? And that's just one example of how many. How many things do people say every day they do not mean, they do not believe, they do not want to come to pass, They do not expect to come to pass. And there is spiritual pressure on us to talk that way. I mean, you'll have to bite your tongue almost sometimes. Not to say stupid stuff. It wants to come out. (laughs) Why? The enemy is trying to set you up. He, He wants to work against you, but he needs your help doing it. The Bible said, life and death is in the power of the tongue. Most people don't believe that. Beware of sarcasm. What do you mean? What what is sarcasm? Does anybody know? It's wildly popular (laughs) in society, especially social media. Oh, dear me. What is it? People saying things they don't mean. They, they, They say this, but they mean something else. Sarcasm. And all of this stuff, let, let me take you to the scriptures and so you, you understand I'm not just, not just my opinion on this. In uh, Ephesians, go there please, the fourth chapter. I think you feel the same way, but I am really impressed <laughs> that all of Samuel's words came to pass. I mean, I just, you, you could say I'm blown away. I, I am, and so I got a new hero, Right? Now, I know Jesus was the same way, and even on a higher level, but it kind of brings it home, doesn't it? It kind of reminds you and goes, hey, this is available. You do not just have to run your mouth all kind of goofy, silly stuff all the time. You can get a hold of yourself, and you can get to the place where when you say it, (laughs) it happens. It comes to pass. 
God has always been that way. God is 100%. Always. We have gotten used to a bunch of junk and a distortion and perversion of it. But God never just talks and doesn't mean it and doesn't expect it to happen. There's a phrase I, I don't care for. It's, I'm just saying. You ever heard that phrase? I'm just saying. What does that mean? I'm talking, but it don't mean anything. <laughs> That's spiritually very bad. Did you know Jesus talked? He said things like this. He said, every idle word you speak, you'll give an account of. He said, by your words, you'll be justified. By your words, you'll be judged or condemned. Should we take these things seriously? Should we care? Listen to Ephesians, the fourth chapter and the 29th verse. What does it say? 429. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Corrupt. That's not just cussing and dirty jokes. It's what's corrupt. What would God call corrupt communication? It's corrupted from just being the truth and from being right and from being good. That no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. Now this is a complete, this requires mind renewal. God doesn't just speak to communicate. That's an element of his speaking. But he speaks to change things. When he speaks, you don't just learn something. If you'll receive it, something will change in your life. None of his words are void of power. How does that affect us? We're his kids. We're growing up learning to be like him. We're told to be imitators of God as dear children. That's what he wants us to do. Most people have never even imagined it, but he wants us to not just talk. He wants us to choose our words, to look to him for the right words. And then when we speak them, believe they will have an effect. Believe they will have an impact. That our words will do what? Edify. Can you see that? That which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. Can you see yourself, depending on the Holy Spirit, to help you to know what to say? And when you're talking to somebody as you're speaking to them, they are being built up inside. They are being encouraged. They are being spiritually ministered to as you're talking to them. Oh, glory to God. This is for every believer. He said, don't let any kind of corrupted talk come out of your mouth. Um, this is one of the most challenging things you will ever deal with in your life. Because hmm? how much do you talk every day? <laughs> how many words do you say? 
Do you believe every word that comes out of your mouth? Are you expecting what you say to come to pass? Do you even want that to come to pass? Can you see this? And we see Jesus revealing one of the biggest keys of, of, of faith and words in Mark eleven twenty three when he says, Whoever would say to this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. Are you talking? Are you saying something? And not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that what he says comes to pass. He will have whatever he says. So Jesus is telling the disciples and telling us how to get what Samuel got. Right? Yes. How to get what he had. Because remember the occasion of this. Jesus and the disciples are walking and hungry in the morning and saw a fig tree in the distance and came to see if there were any figs on it and there weren't. And Jesus spoke to it. He said, he just looked at that tree and said, nobody will ever eat fruit from you again forever. And then just turned and walked away. Now, that alone would alarm much of the modern population. <laughs> he, the preacher is talking to a tree. <laughs> right? That's a cult. That's a cult for sure. <laughs> but it wasn't a cult. It's Jesus. But he's functioning as a man. And when they came by, what was it, some 24 or some hours later, it was dried up so quick. Everybody that was with him noticed it. And they said, Lord, look at there, that tree, that tree that you talked to. He didn't just say something. His words had impact. His words had effect. His words carried power of life and death. Can you see that? Yes. But here's the amazing thing. If you look at Matthew's account in Matthew 21, same account that's recorded in Mark 11, he, said to, he turns and looks at the, He takes this as an object lesson. When they point out the tree to him, he turns to him and says, if you'll have faith and not doubt, you can not only do what I did to the tree. Now just stop right there. <laughs> Is he telling them they can do what he did? Yes, he just got through telling them. And why would it be recorded? For me and you. <laughs> huh? Are we also his disciples? Yes. Learning and walking in his footsteps. Can we do that? Yes. Yeah, but most of society and most of the church is so far from this. Why? They just talk and they yak and they, they just fill their ears with so much junk from social media and TV ungodly stuff and, and pick up phrases that Christians should not be using and say all kind of sarcastic and dumb and unbelieving and negative stuff and then just laugh and go, I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> then, then your words are not coming to pass. And then if you keep saying the wrong thing, it can come to pass. The bad stuff, it's not working against you or not at all instead of for you. The Lord said this to me some years ago uh, concerning uh, confession, speaking, and prayer. I had said and done some things with not the best results and, and the Lord said to me, he said, son, 
be more selective in what you say and be more selective in what you pray. If you'll be more selective, you'll be more effective. You'll get results. What does that mean? Just because somebody wants to pray doesn't mean you just start praying and saying we're believing for that. Can you really believe for it? Before you just start making confessions that this is going to happen, that's going to happen, do you really believe that? It hurts your faith to pray and not get answers. It hurts your faith to make, declare confessions and them not come to pass. You keep doing that. If the last 20 things you said, nothing happened, didn't come to pass, what's going to happen time 21? You get to where you don't expect it, right? To come to pass. And that's why people get to the point where they, they just quit praying. Why? Doesn't do any good. No, you, you didn't release faith in it. You, you were too quick to just say something because somebody else said it. Notice in Mark eleven twenty three again. What did Jesus say? Whoever would say to the mountain, so, so you got to say something, right? Got to say something. You say to, this is not prayer. Didn't say whoever will pray and ask God to do something about the mountain. There's a place for prayer. This is not it. Uh, this is you talking to the problem. This is you talking to something that's in your way. Well, say to the mountain, be removed. You're not talking to God. You're not talking to people. You're talking to the problem. Be removed. Be, be pulled up and ripped out of here and thrown into the sea. Well, that would be completely out of your way, right? <laughs> and if what? If you won't doubt in your heart, but believe what? Believe that what you say comes to pass, you will have what you say. Say it out loud. I must, I must believe, believe what, I say. what I say. See, yeah, you got to believe what God says, but then you got to come to the place where you believe what you say. And you got to believe that what you are saying is shaped by what he told you. Here's another way of saying this. You know, the, the Lord said this, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you will and it'll be done for you. Similar kind of thing. What's that saying? If you will say about yourself and your life what he said, he will do what you said. <laughs> Come on, can you see this? And, but it's necessary for you to say it and have faith in what you said. Come on, say that out loud, class. If I'll say, if I'll say what, he said, what he said, he will do, he will do what I say. What I say. <laughs> and that's what was happening with Samuel. Now I can tell you from seeing things here and seeing things there, Samuel was a stickler about the Word of God. You didn't change it. You didn't add to it. You didn't take from it. One of the biggest heartbreaks of Samuel's life was Saul. Remember Saul? He, Samuel anointed him at the Lord's direction as the first king. And um, Saul... 
wouldn't listen. He told him, I'm going to come meet you and we will do the sacrifice and then we will go to war on this. And he didn't come as soon as Saul thought he should and, and uh, Saul got impatient and he called for the priest, went ahead and did it ahead of him. And, and Samuel said, what, what are you doing? He showed up just as he finished doing what he was supposed to wait for Samuel. And then when he told him, you know, to go and, and attack Amalek and wipe them out, he didn't. He saved all the livestock and then argued with uh, Samuel that he, I did what the Lord said. He said, no, you didn't. What's all these cows lowing and noise I hear? He was a stickler. If God said one, two, three, four, then he didn't skip two. He didn't rearrange the numbers. He didn't add a number. You understand what I'm saying? Why am I saying all this? That's why Samuel's words would come to pass. Because he was so respectful and reverent of God's words. Oh, come on, can you see this? That's why. And that's what has to happen with us. We have to become so reverent of what God tells us. We don't change it. We don't add to it. We don't take from it. We don't alter it. And then we get stronger and stronger in believing that what we say is true and comes to pass because it's based on what he said. And we can get out of this stuff that all the world's in just mumbling and talking and saying stuff they never mean, never expect to come true. You and I can grow up and we can begin to order our words. That means you're going to be a quiet, quiet a lot of the time. You got to shut up first. And get this thing under control. Is that right? And start thinking about what I'm going to say before I say it. And I got to get full of the Word of God. So I, got, so I know what to say and how to say it. But is it possible that faith like Samuel's is available to us? Oh, come on. say Somebody say, I have faith in God's words. And I believe what I say will come to pass. I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. Praise God. And we're out of time again. Well, that's it for today. So glad to be. I've enjoyed this so much being with you in the class. Uh, we'll see you next time here in Faith School. Really enjoyed being with you in Faith School again this week. We are getting a, a bunch of good reports of people that are learning and growing and developing and finding out more about God and getting stronger and close to God. I just want to take a moment to thank you, partners. I know many of you are partners with this ministry. Thank you for uh, giving. Thank you for praying. Thank you for believing with us uh, to cause this to come to pass. It takes all of us. Um, in Matthew 11, Jesus said, he that receives a prophet in the name of a prophet receives a prophet's reward. He that receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man receives a righteous man's reward. Uh, some translations bring out uh, that you receive the same reward as the righteous man or as the prophet. We could not do this without you. And so the Bible says, Jesus said, you're going to receive part of the same reward of all the people that are getting helped through this. Now, if you're not a partner and you'd like to join this big team, there's information on the screen. You can get involved that way. And I'm expecting that we're going up from here. More people are going to learn more 
about walking with God, they're going to see more and greater and greater victories. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. We'll see you again soon right here in Faith School. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941 702 7390.